You're listening to the sermons of First Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor James Hunick, and I'd like to welcome you. I pray that this sermon will help you in your Christian faith. If you'd like to join us, you can come to First Lutheran Church at worship at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. with a Bible study in between. For more information about our congregation or the Lutheran tradition, please go to www.youhaveaplace.com. Today we are celebrating St. Barnabas, Apostle. Now this might surprise you, being called an Apostle. Most of the time we reserve that to the names of the Twelve or to St. Paul. But if you read closely, the Bible actually calls St. Barnabas an Apostle. In Acts chapter 14, it says, The Apostles... Paul and Barnabas. So I guess if Acts calls him an apostle, maybe we should too, right? I'm thinking somewhere in there, there's a disagreement between the the big A apostles, right? The 12 that Jesus had chosen and the use of the word apostle in, in the early church. It seems like we have made it a specialized office that just the twelve can hold, whereas in the early church they used the word apostle for any number of different kinds of people, even though there was still just the twelve as a separate group. St. Barnabas, the apostle, shows up in, for the very first time in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4. But he shows up as Joseph, a Levite and native of Cyprus. It says, thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This was in those early days, right after the great speech at Pentecost, when many, many people came into the church. Barnabas was one of them. And as the church gathered together to make sure that all of the people who were part of the body of Christ had everything they needed, Barnabas was one of those, one of the first, to sell his extra property and bring the money and give it to the church to make sure all of the people had enough food to eat. Barnabas shows up throughout the early story of the book of Acts, When Saul is first converted on his way to Damascus, he sees the vision of Jesus and he joins the church. Barnabas is the one who brings him to Jerusalem, who vouches for him, who presents him to the apostles and says, he he is really converted. This is not a plan to infiltrate the church. Barnabas is also the guy who accompanies Paul on many of the other things. We read in Acts chapter 11 that when the first people go to Antioch and they preach to the Gentiles for the very first time, Barnabas decides that this would be a good job for Paul. And so he leaves, goes all the way over to Tarsus, grabs Paul and says, come on over with me, you've got a job to do. And there he and Paul work together for a year. After that, Paul and Barnabas are chosen by the Holy Spirit to go out on this missionary journey that begin Paul's missionary journeys as we see them in the book of Acts. 
except Paul isn't the one who's leading it. Barnabas is. He's the guy in charge. He's the senior pastor, and Paul is the assistant. It isn't until later that when Paul and Barnabas split up that Paul becomes the head of that missionary journeys that he goes out on and becomes the apostle that we know today, the author of so much of the New Testament and the leader of these amazing missionary journeys that happen. What I think is fascinating about this is the importance of Barnabas in the life of St. Paul in raising up a leader in the church. Now, this doesn't, doesn't end Barnabas's story. Uh, part of the rest of his import for the church is that he is uh, supposed to be the author of the letter of Barnabas, a very important early church book. And then he goes out and is stoned to death, according to the church histories, somewhere in Syria. What we know about Barnabas from Holy Scripture, though, points out the importance of relationships within the Christian church. The Christian church is not a collection of individuals who come together for a, a program who come here just to get what they need and go home. The Christian church is a community of believers. Barnabas, whose name means son of encouragement, is the perfect example of how this works. That when God gathers a people together, he binds us together not just as, like I said, a collection of individuals, but as a series of relationships that are designed to support and nurture each other. In Acts chapter 4, when we're introduced to Barnabas, we're introduced to him in the context where he takes his money and offers it up as a way to provide for those in the church who have any kind of need. Now, as this grows... This becomes an organized effort, and we see the very first deacons, the first officers of the church, who begin to do an organized distribution of food. But all of it comes out of the mutual love and care that the church has for each other, building on the individual relationships and the unity that Christ brings. We see this unity chiefly in the amazing gift that we get in Holy Communion. As you and I take in Christ's body and blood, we no longer are individuals separated from each other. We are no longer just me and you. We are bound together mystically in the body of Christ. As you eat Christ's body, as you eat, drink his blood, we all become one in him. We all are joined together inseparably and it makes us one people. This is why the unit of the church is not the individual, but the congregation. Is that we together are bound in Jesus Christ. And it's from this unity that the individual relationships between people are designed to encourage and help and love each other into further faithfulness in the church. We are here to help each other grow in the faith, to encourage each other to serve, 
and to guide each other in the faithfulness that Christ calls us to be. And we can see that in the beautiful relationship between Barnabas and St. Paul. And how Barnabas works within this, this relationship mentoring structure to help launch one of the greatest leaders of the Christian church. So Barnabas is a wonderful example of how a senior in the faith can pass on the faith to a new Christian. For many of us, I think it's difficult to imagine St. Paul the Apostle as a new Christian, right? It's kind of like, wait a second, Paul saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. Like there was this vision, he had this amazing thing, and he goes to, to uh, Damascus, and then he's baptized, and then he's the Apostle, right? Magic. That's not how it works. If you, if you read the actual text of Acts, St. Paul goes through a time of learning and growing and becoming the person that he is by the time he writes the letters of the New Testament. It begins with his time in Damascus, but we also see Barnabas doing it as well. Barnabas is the key for this brand new Christian's entry into the wider church. You can imagine what it would have been like for all of the Christians who saw Stephen stoned when they looked at the people laying down their cloaks at the foot of this guy named Saul who was having Christians killed, they might not have accepted that Saul was becoming a Christian. They may have been just a little suspicious. For good reason, right? Barnabas, who took an interest in Saul, brought him to the church and introduced him into the fellowship of the believers and said, you can trust this guy. He's one of us. Can you imagine what would have happened if somebody hadn't have done that? Could the Apostle Paul have broken into this organization, this tight-knit, closed-knit group? Maybe not. Is a church a little bit like that? Even the most open churches, everywhere across the country, the most welcoming groups of people, is a tight-knit community. We know each other. We're used to each other. We know the people who volunteer. We know the people who are involved on boards. And, well, we're kind of happy with that, aren't we? I mean, we stand up in front and we say, we would love to have volunteers, but we always go to the same group, to the same people. It's tough to break into a church, to get to know the key players, to understand the pulse of things. And we don't realize it. Why? Because we're in the middle of it. We know everybody. We know what's going on. We know how things work. We always have to remember that to welcome someone into our congregation takes a Barnabas. Someone who can go and say, oh yeah, we can trust this guy. Or, oh yeah, come on with me to this event. It's going to be great. You'll love it. I will go with you. That's what Barnabas did. And bringing someone into a community, it's great to have someone who can say, I'll go with you. 
I'll bring you there. And it's a very simple way to draw someone further into this relationship where we can share God's word with each other and encourage each other. Barnabas also was the one who saw an opportunity for Paul to get involved and grow in his ability to be a preacher of the gospel. In Acts chapter 11, there's just this little bit that, we, that you might miss, right? Barnabas is sent to Antioch, and when he gets there, he's like, oh, this is amazing, isn't this great? But then he leaves, and he goes all the way to Tarsus, and he finds this guy, Saul, the Apostle Paul, and says, I've got a job for you, come with me. And they go together, and he brings up Paul in the church about preaching the gospel. We in the church are always looking for people to do this sort of thing, aren't we? We're always looking for another volunteer to help out. Someone who can, oh, I don't know, help the kids at BBS. Kathleen now owes me five bucks. Um, we're always looking for people to do the sorts of things that we need to get done, right? And when we get together in meetings, we say to ourselves, why aren't we getting more volunteers? It's always the same people, isn't it? We stand up in front. We offer an announcement, which you need to do. But the thing that always works way better than announcements or things in the bulletin is walking up to someone and saying, I think you'd be good at this job. Come with me and let's do it. And that's the way to use the relationships that we have to help encourage people into the church, to help encourage people do the kinds of service and love and care that Christ has called us to do. And not only that, what happens then is you build an individual relationship that you can use to show that kind of love to someone else. Isn't that the important thing about the church? It's not so much that we get an activity done, but that when someone needs you, you can be there for them. You can be the one who says, Jesus died for you, he rose for you, and he is here for you. Or when you need something, that person can be there to you to encourage you by giving you the word of God. That is what Barnabas did with Paul. He brought him into the church. Barnabas also helped Paul uh, by equipping him to be a missionary and a leader on his own. When Barnabas said, hey, come on with me, Paul, he was beginning to teach him so that he would grow. And in their very first missionary journeys, Barnabas is the one who is leading the way, and Paul is the one who goes with him. It's only after they return and Barnabas and Paul have a disagreement that Paul goes off and does his own thing. And that is part of the work that we are called to do as well. Is as we gather people into our congregation, we're there to help equip them not to just be followers, but to be leaders in the next step. And what we need to do then is help, help guide and learn and teach with God's Word so that we all can grow in our ability and our faithfulness and eventually 
lead things on our own. So how does this work in a congregation? Well, one of the ways that this works is that each of us should be interested in investing in the lives of others. This is simply part of the love and care that a congregation has for each other. And try to find opportunities where we can show that kindness to each other. One of the examples that I, I often come to is when someone needs a ride to church. Every once in a while, there will be a need for rides, and people will say, I know what we need is we need to get a bus, right? And then we can have a, a series of volunteers, and then we can get the bus, and they'll go out, and one person every week, and they'll rotate. What if we did it this way? Someone needs a ride to a church, and we say, I know someone who lives on the way. They drive past your house every single Sunday. Maybe they can pick you up. And then there's a relationship. And then there's a connection. And when you need something, you call up your friend who you've been riding with for the last three years, and you say, hey, I need some help. And they're there for you. Maybe they'll pray for you. Maybe they'll love you. And that's how it works, right? That's how the love of God goes from person to person, and we connect in the congregation. Things happen similarly when we are trying to bring up youth in the church. Our relationships are designed to be person to person, not program to person. Youth, especially teenagers, they're becoming adults, aren't you guys, right? They need to not have relationships with just a program, but with the congregation. At a certain point, we need to address them as individuals and not the children of someone else. So, when we need ushers, maybe we say to the youth, we say, why don't you join our program? Rather than contacting their parents, we say, you can be part of this and schedule them and make it regular. And all of a sudden, they've got a responsibility, right? We're treating them like adults, giving them the capacity that they have. What a great way to grow in the church, to develop relationships with adults who will love them and care for them and help them grow as Christians. What about the children? I think the key way to do that is to see them in church, right? If you don't see children, can you have a relationship with them? If they don't see you, can you have a relationship with them? We want to love them, right? I know you guys. I know you do. And the best way to do that is to see them in here on Sunday morning, to hear their screams and love it because it means our church is alive, to see them run around in the aisles. And maybe, oh, it'll be a little distracting, but it means our church is alive and we can care for them, and show them that they are not separate annoyances, but part of God's people. And every Sunday, there's a little more connection, a little more love, and we can raise them up in the church. Barnabas helps us to see how important these relationships are. The people don't fall in love with programs. They don't fall in love and get raised up by being connected to ideas, we connect with each other. 
And that's what the church is about. Using these relationships to point everyone to our Savior, Jesus Christ, so that the Holy Spirit can bind us together by His grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermons. If you have any questions about anything that you've heard or anything about the Lutheran tradition, I would love to answer them. Please contact me at pastorhuenink at youhaveaplace.com.